0: From DynastyLeagueFootball.com and the DLF family of podcasts, this is the Superflex Super
1: Show. Your main source for strategy, speculation, player values, and all things Superflex. With innovative strategies like QBX and the Superflex flywheel, exercises like Tenderflex, Super6, You're Nuts, and next week this week... The Super Show's super friends never lack the content you need to help you draft and manage your roster in the fastest growing fantasy football format, Superflex. On the Superflex Super Show, enjoy your DLF podcast and stay sexy and superflexy. Welcome to the DLF Dynasty Podcast with your hosts, Dan Myler, Ryan McDowell, and Matt Price. Yes, we are the DLF Dynasty Podcast. I am Dan, that's Ryan, and we are without Matt Price this week. He is on assignment, so it's just the two of us, Ryan. We'll try to survive.
0: Yeah, we'll see if we can get by without our buddy Matt. Uh, Missed you guys last week. Sorry to miss that episode. It was a good one. I got to to check that out. I'm on my drive home. Uh, But yeah, glad to be back here.
1: Yeah, I feel real bad for you. You got to spend the uh well part of your holiday in in Disney in Florida while much of the rest of the country suffered through harsh weather. So you got it pretty rough over there. Uh we do have a fun episode this week, episode 4 or excuse me 549. On the podcast. Um, the week 17 edition of the pod. So we got championships being won all over the place. Hopefully the DLF Dynasty podcast is helping you guys out on it. Uh, we should we should ask for, for some help from our guys. We want to hear from everybody, right? We want to see these these lineups, these championship titles that were won. All your Dynasty leagues. We want to see them. So tweet Ryan at RyanMC23. M at DMiler22. You can get the podcast at DLF uh, podcast, and uh, if you want to get get Matt too, he's at Matt Price FFS. But we want to hear about our guys who who win titles this year. Ryan, I know you were playing in some title games. Let's hear about it.
0: Uh, let's not let's not talk about it. Actually, okay, all right, we can sidestep that. <laughs> no, uh, yeah, I had a I had a couple title games, um, and and some uh, some other games going on as well this week. Some best ball leagues that that were continuing through. Uh, the last weeks of the season and yeah it was it was a rough one you know counting on Justin Jefferson he was a big disappointment I know you're, you're probably happy about that as he was uh, shut down by Jair Alexander and the Packers um, but yeah some you know some of those key players you're counting on just like every other week didn't show up and it stings a little bit more when you're in the title game but that's that's how it goes you just run it back yeah and get ready for next year. For that's
1: what we're planning on doing here. We have, um, you know, there there were the Justin Jeffersons of the world, but then there were the the guys that disappointed the last couple of weeks, and maybe you had to play against this week guys like Devontae Adams, who suddenly woke back up and uh, and did things for you, or or hopefully not against you that that made you cringe. So. Uh, lots of actions. I had, a, I had a handful of championship games as well. A couple third place games, which aren't as fun to talk about. Uh, but my championship week went really well. Um, I took down most of mine. So uh, Enough about us. Let's talk about everybody else. We got the sleeper stash of the week on this week's episode once again. Uh, we're going to talk about a mock draft that we did. Get into the rookies. Dip our toe, really, into the upcoming rookie class from 2023. Uh, we're talking we're talking a lot about some quarterbacks and how there could be some movement this offseason. We want to we want to do a preview of that as well, but uh first we should hit the startup. The startup. Yeah, I think we need to start with one of those quarterbacks, Ryan. It's a guy that we didn't see in week 17. Well, we're not going to see for the rest of the 2022-2023 season. That's Derek Carr, who was benched over there in Las Vegas. Probably played his final game as a Raider. Um, I, I was reading up on this whole situation, Ryan, and it seemed like maybe an ugly divorce is what's what we're witnessing right now between the Raiders and Derek Carr. And there are there are so many levels to this conversation, so many ways we can take this. But I think I think at the core, we need to think about the 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 money that can be saved first of all by the Raiders, and that his play on the field simply wasn't good enough, considering the weapons that the Raiders put in place and the offense that he was asked to run, clearly he's not the right guy for Las Vegas in that offense
0: yeah, they have definitely made that decision and and made it uh very very publicly and made it very clearly uh, with the way that they've handled this uh this quarterback change and uh, essentially you know banishing for him from the team even uh, and and you know the, the reports are those that that is mutual but we'll see um, it, you know this this is surprising to me even with the the play that we've seen from Carr especially the past month or so and i'm thinking back to what happened last offseason they made that trade uh for Devonte Adams and and i really looked at that trade as um as a good thing for Derek Carr, almost like insurance. Because because he has this this friendship, this relationship with Devontae Adams that now that the Raiders are, are making the commitment, bringing Devontae Adams in, that's going to keep – they're going to keep Derek Carr around, basically to keep Devontae Adams happy. And I was definitely and, and obviously now looking at that all wrong. The Really what they were doing is – kind of a last chance. You know, this we're going to give you everything you can want. We're going to give you your best friend uh you know, on the football field and if you can't get it done with this guy who's one of the best receivers in the league, then we we're moving on. And that's exactly what has happened.
1: Yeah, and they gave him all the financial backing as well. Yeah. They they gave him the big contract and uh, like you said, handed him all the all the weapons that he could. He got he had the RB one on his roster as well. The one of the best running games in the NFL, uh, to help support that passing game, and he still couldn't get it done. So now that conversation transitioned slightly to with with Carr, who's who's actually away from the team. He doesn't want to be a distraction to him over these last couple weeks. There were reports this week that in his contract, it's built in that if Three days after the Super Bowl, he's still on the roster. That forty million dollar becomes dollars becomes guaranteed. And then Sunday morning, we saw that that the team is going to try to trade Derek Carr before that deadline, or at least have that deal in place to make something like that happen. I find it hard to believe that a team's going to going to give up anything, let alone a whole bunch, for Derek Carr at this point. But that quarterback carousel is going to move, and it's going to move quickly this off season, right?
0: Oh, it it absolutely is. There's uh, there's so many teams that need an upgrade at the quarterback position. And Derek Carr represents an upgrade for many teams in the league. Uh, so there will be, uh, there, you know, there's going to be a landing spot for Carr, whether that comes in the form of a trade with the Raiders or, uh, as you mentioned with that timeline, soon after the Super Bowl, if if they're forced to release him to, to save all that money. Either way, he's, he's going to be a starter in the league in 2023 sure. there's there's no doubt about that um you know i mean for Carr, it, from a fantasy standpoint it, it's just a it's just a matter of upside right like i mean even this season which feels like it's been a rough one for him he's got seven games as a quarterback one but none of those as a top five quarterback you look back through his entire career which is now uh eight or nine years ten top five quarterback games in his career total uh, from a fantasy standpoint but zero in the past two years so yeah that's just a, a another reason not not that the Raiders care about fantasy points but they care about those big numbers that generate fantasy points and and when you're not doing that with one of the top tight ends one of the top running backs one of the top wide receivers in the league uh, again there that's the that's kind of the final straw that that is making them move on the question is, can they get anything better? That's that's really what makes this a surprising move. If you're getting rid of of Derek Carr, who's you know he's a league average quarterback, I think that's probably fair to say. What's your plan? You're not going to have a high draft pick. Um, I'm not sure what their cap space looks like, but um, while there's a lot of names on the free agent market, none of them are necessarily too exciting. Uh, so I'm I'm really watching this closely this offseason to see what their plan is. And, and you know, that's, that's going to impact the value of uh, the guys that are left there, Devontae Adams and, and the rest.
1: For sure. And speaking of those big games that you are talking about, that, that maybe Derek Carr hasn't, hasn't produced enough of those, we saw one from a Raiders quarterback on Sunday with Jarrett Stidham, who, who really is seen, I think, by most as a replacement-level backup. Not not even a fringe starter or anything like that, but a guy who you don't mind having in your quarterback room, and if he has to start a game, you can probably win that game uh, if he doesn't make any mistakes. But he played like a starting quarterback on Sunday, 23 of 34 passing, 365 yards, three touchdowns, and two picks, added 34 rushing yards. And Ryan, at the time of this recording, which uh, we haven't seen all of Sunday Night Football, we haven't seen Monday Night Football either, uh, he's the QB3 on the week. Derek Carr, his best finish of the season, came way back in week three against Tennessee when he was the QB6. You mentioned he doesn't have those top five type finishes, even though he has all these weapons. And his backup, who nobody sees as a real dynasty asset, in fact, I'd be surprised if he's if he's owned on very many dynasty rosters at this point in his career, uh, he comes in and does this and unlocks... Uh, Devontae Adams really got Darren Waller the football and got him opportunities to make the make make plays down the field so what gives Does, does that reflect more on Carr and what he hasn't done or is there something here in Stidham that we should start recognizing now as early as possible
0: I mean the odds are it's just another uh, bad mark on, on the the report card for Derek Carr I mean Jarrett Stidham sure. is 26 years old this is actually his first start in the league which kind of was, that was a surprise to me he's a name that's that's been around for a while it feels like he was one of those guys uh, And there's there's been many over the years one of those guys that we viewed as the eventual replacement for Tom Brady in in New England uh and so he, he's bounced around since then and, and been a backup uh but, yeah, not only to um, to come in and, and his first start and, and put up those type of numbers, but to do it against the 49ers, one of the best defenses in the league, one of the hottest teams in the league over the past several weeks, uh, and, and took that team to overtime. That uh, was It was a total shock. I mean, it was not something uh, that hardly anybody could see coming. I mean, I know you and I have some – some dynasty teams where we were actually debating sitting Devonte Adams because of this matchup, because of the quarterback change. And I got several start sit questions over the week about do we sit Devonte Adams because of this? And uh yeah, you know, it it just it's just another uh, another one of those things that we love about the NFL that you're always surprised by something. I I don't think Jarrett Stidham is the answer for Vegas uh, next year, or or in the future, and I don't think he. I don't think we can look at him as as a real starting option.
1: Yeah, he he came out in the 2019 draft class, I believe it was, and was a was a day three pick of the Patriots, and there was there was a little bit of hype surrounding him, especially uh, in 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 those leagues where where. Um, where we where we look really dig deep, you know, for yeah. for prospects, and you're playing in a Devi league or something like that. There was a moment I think Stidham he ended his career at Auburn, but I believe he started it at Baylor and and had that one big season. And there was a time when we thought maybe he could be an NFL prospect. He's a, he's an accurate passer, but has, has some trouble with with handling pressure, especially in his face. Makes poor decisions, and we've seen a couple of those throws in that. Uh, against that 49ers defense especially late that overtime throw he he took a little pressure in his face tried to force something to his best receiver it got intercepted and they lose the game because of it those are the things that have have haunted Stidham going back to his time at Auburn in his final season of collegiate football so I'm with you I think maybe his 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 ultimate upside is probably preferred backup quarterback top 40 quarterback in the NFL maybe that's where he lands Uh, But that doesn't translate to any kind of dynasty value. It'll be interesting to see what he does a week from now in his second career start, if he's able to build off that or if he put enough on tape that uh, defenses will catch up to what he was doing. Last thing about this offense that we should touch on before we move on, and we have a lot more quarterback conversation coming up later in the episode, but I did want to touch quickly on, on Darren Waller, on Hunter Renfro, even Josh Jacobs, the rest of this offense, because... There are questions surrounding this coaching staff, whether the Raiders made the right choice there. There could be a change, potentially. Jacobs, of course, is a free agent after the season. There's talk about him potentially getting a franchise tag or coming back to Vegas, or will he hit the open market as well? We're going to see a lot of change. It's not just the quarterback situation. You know, in my heart of hearts as a Packers fan, as a big Devontae Adams fan, I'd love to know what he really thinks right now if he's regretting his decision from this this past offseason now seeing that the packers are making a playoff push and the raiders of course are uh are going to be watching from home uh, but the these other weapons in vegas what are your thoughts on these guys generally
0: yeah i mean i think josh jacobs is the most interesting case because of kind of how they handled him last offseason they de- declined that option and then he uh comes out and has a, a career year by far and has a chance to be the RB1 uh for the for the full season you know as you said maybe he gets the tag maybe they work out a deal that's the one i want to watch i think the i think the pass catchers are pretty easy you know Devontae adams at, at 30 plus we know his value is going to go down. We're already seeing it in our ADP. We'll have January ADP soon, but even in December, he was the wide receiver 16 in our dynasty ADP. And that's he's going to be an easy trade target in my opinion. We we always see those veterans lose dynasty value and uh, honestly, I think I, I think Adams is going to be quarterback agnostic. It doesn't matter if they bring in Tom Brady. If they somehow bring back Derek Carr, we don't think that's happening or, or if they just roll out Jarrett Stidham every week, I think Adams is going to produce no matter what. And I'm, I'm pretty confident in Darren Waller as well. We've seen him lose a ton of value, mostly because of that injury in the games that that cost him. Uh, I really like Waller as a buy low currently the tight end 11 in our ADP. So um, normally the, the the cloudiness at quarterback would would kind of be a caution sign for me to just to wait and see but i think with the pass catchers uh, because of their age and because of the expected value loss that they're going to go through they become pretty easy trade targets
1: i think you mentioned earlier ryan that the raiders aren't expected to have a high draft pick i guess i guess that's uh that's something that you, you can take any way but i think right now they're projected to have the 7th overall pick uh based on what I what I'm reading right now and could go up to the sixth overall depending on how the Rams do next week. So there there is a group of quarterbacks that are going to be available in this draft. We'll see how high they all go. I would imagine that that's somebody that has some kind of upsides available at seven there. Yeah. And there could be a move to be made there.
0: Yeah, that that's higher than I was uh expecting or remembering. Um but yeah that that would be in the range. I mean we do it seems like most people are expecting Bryce young to be the, the top overall pick right now, or at least the top quarterback drafted. So you would think he will not be available, but uh, yeah, a couple other rookie quarterbacks uh, could be, could be available at seven. So yeah, maybe, maybe they do get one of those guys.
1: Yeah. And as I said, more quarterback talk to come, but we, uh, we probably should move on at this point sleeper stash of the week yes it is the sleeper stash of the week where we take a look at a player outside the top 200 in dynasty adp that you should consider stashing and ryan you got our stash of the week this week who you got
0: yeah, i've got juan johnson the tight end from new orleans uh really just an impressive season from him a breakout season he's the tight end 10 right now with a. Uh, With a few games left to play, he's given us five tight end one games and uh, in in a pretty good position to make that number six this week. We'll see how things shake out by the end of the week. Uh, Just 26 years old, he is a restricted free agent following the season, but uh, despite all that production uh, and, and upside that I think he has, we haven't seen the value spike. He's just the tight end 29 in our ADP, 225 overall. Uh, I mean, behind, uh, behind guys like Foster Moreau, the, the backup for the team we were just talking about, the Raiders. Uh, he's behind Jake Ferguson, another, another tight end I'd like to, uh, like to stash on these dynasty rosters. Just feels like he's too far down given the production that, uh, that we've seen from him this year. So he's another one to, to uh, watch since he is uh, a free agent, just a restricted free agent, though. Uh, see if the Saints can keep him in town.
1: Yeah, so Jawan Johnson is our stash of the week Brought to you by Sleeper Fantasy The fastest growing fantasy football platform in the world It's built around a mobile interface So it's easy to do everything league related From your mobile phone No matter how complicated your league Or how many leagues you play in Join millions of players today on Sleeper The number one fantasy football platform The DLF dynasty podcast mock draft yeah we're, we're putting a twist on the dlf dynasty podcast mock draft this week ryan we uh we teamed up with some friends in the industry over there at campus to canton some writers that that do a lot of great work over there and a, and a handful of us dlf guys got together to do a rookie superflex tight end premium mock draft for this incoming class give us a little bit of a uh just just some background to this draft and how this all came together right
0: sure um got to know uh got to know some of those guys from campus to canton uh actually at the FF expo which is held each uh each summer in canton ohio and um just just really great guys they're definitely putting out some good content focused on Devi college fantasy football um so if, if you haven't if you're not familiar with them check them out campus to canton uh but yeah wanted to get together with those guys and do a couple mock drafts we did one uh earlier in the season about a month ago or so that was a look back at the 2022 class um so that was that was a few of our riders, a few of their riders, and, and that was actually posted on uh on dlf wrote that up and then we you know with With the 2023 class uh, very near and and with Dynasty Minds turning to that class, we ran it back, got together and did a super flex mock draft for the 23 class. Did a couple rounds and, uh, you know, this just feels like the beginning of uh, our coverage of that draft class. And, you know, I I know you're ready for this. I know you've been uh, jumping into the... uh, the 2023 class and and watching as much of those guys as you can to, to, uh, to learn about them. So it's, it's certainly one that's going to, uh, to, to really be impactful this season or this upcoming season. Yeah.
1: And we, we were both uh, part of this mock draft. We'll, we'll talk about our picks. We'll talk about all, all 12 picks in the first round, get through as many as we, we can, at least the top 12 though, for sure. And uh, let's kick it off at the top because, Ryan, you drew the number one pick, and I, I don't know if there's a lot of questions around the industry at this point or among dynasty managers right now. In Superflex, is there only one option for you, or are you willing to start talking about multiple names?
0: There's still just one option for me and uh, and of course that's that's be john Robinson, the running back from texas uh yeah i I got lucky to to get that one oh one uh since I was the one organizing the the mock um thing, thing luck yeah. is what did it yeah yeah things went in my favor <laughs> that way um, no no, but I mean you know you you've got the two quarterbacks that I think are going to be near the top of. Uh, most rookie drafts, and and we'll get to those names, and and everybody probably knows who those names are already. But for me, there's there's still enough questions about those guys that I'm I've still got Bijan even in the super flex format as my 101.
1: Yeah, and we're talking about a workhorse running back, one of them guys that can handle a full workload every single week, a Jonathan Taylor type of guy. I, I, that's the quickest. Uh, comparison for me is JT and the way when he coming out of Wisconsin, how he dominated games. B. John Robinson does the same thing and maybe even takes that to the next level at times. He's got the size. He's got the speed. He's got all the power. He's such an aggressive runner. Um, you mentioned that I like to watch these guys. I'm, I'm, I'm in the, in the, uh, in the habit of every day watching one or two of these guys, I watch Bijan regularly just because he's a fun guy to watch. Yeah. And he's he's going break to the, break the stereotypes when it comes to NFL draft and running backs. This is a guy that we probably expect to go for sure in the first round, but maybe even in the top 15 picks. He might go to a good team and instantly become that RB1 on your dynasty roster and maybe the top dynasty asset at the position, Ryan.
0: Yeah, I, I think there's a really good chance and and would even call him the favorite to be the Dynasty RB1 uh, really as, as soon as we kind of turn the page. I know in our Dynasty ADP, I mentioned that earlier, we'll be uh, conducting those those January mock drafts soon. The rookies will not be um, a part of that, that set of data, but in February they will. And uh, once the Super Bowl... Uh, you know, once we get past the Super Bowl, we know that class fully. Then those 2023 rookies will be in uh, in our uh, in in our mock drafts, excuse me. And I think Bijan Robinson will be a first round dynasty startup pick. I think he'll be drafted ahead of Jonathan Taylor, ahead of Brees Hall. I think he'll be the 101, and uh, I'm sorry, uh, I think he'll be as high as the 103 in those in those startups.
1: Yeah, that makes complete sense. So the second pick, that went to Austin Nace. He's one of those guys over at campus to Canton. He drew the number two pick. Of course, we mentioned it's super flex, and we saw our first quarterback go off the board right here. It was Bryce Young, uh, the quarterback from Alabama. How do you feel about this spot for Bryce Young?
0: I think this is... Kind of, I think that's kind of the chalk pick. That's kind of the expected pick. We mentioned that name earlier. It does look like. I mean, we're we're months away still, but uh, I would say Young is the favorite to be, uh, if not the top overall pick in the NFL draft, at least the first quarterback selected. Uh, and I mean, he just puts on a show every single game, right? Um, he can do things that most other quarterbacks cannot do. I think he's the. Uh, I think he's the QB one, and I think he's the, uh, the likely second overall pick in the, in the Superflex format, which is where uh, Austin took him here.
1: Bryce Young, is, he's known as the athlete, right? The guy that can get out in space and, and, and make plays with his feet. But he's so good with his arm. His accuracy is excellent. He, he's accurate at all three levels of the defense. He seems so polished. And he's, he's going to instantly start in the NFL. He's going to instantly be one of those guys that we think can explode onto the fantasy scene and become one of these QB ones because of the athleticism mixed with that ability inside the pocket.
0: Yeah. I mean, the, the only question really, I think is, is the size, um, right. And, and for some people, for some dynasty players, for some NFL general managers, that's going to be a big enough question to push him down boards to make him a player to to just stay away from and you know it kind of becomes a question of do I want this this guy who is such a dynamic playmaker uh, or do I, am I going to ignore that just because of these these numbers and and those numbers are important I don't know if if they're a deal breaker though or if they should be
1: He's known for that quick twitch, right? Yeah. That that ability to make people miss and and all those kind of things. Um, I was I was watching that bowl game the other day, and there were multiple times where where you where you stepped away and thought to yourself, "Holy go- cow, this guy! He he's a, he, he's he, he's exactly the same type of player that we've seen come out recently that we look to as." as being that game-changer, that guy that can score you 40 points any single week because on top of the accuracy and the passing and all those things, he could have a 100-yard rushing game. He can score multiple touchdowns on the ground. And while that worries some of us, especially with a guy that might not measure all of six feet and certainly isn't 200 pounds, might not even be that soaking wet – um, it makes you worry a little bit about the injury. So there's other guys in the league that are like this, the Kyler Murrays of the world. And when he's on the field, he's electrifying and a great asset for dynasty managers. I just hope that, that Bryce Young, um, he's, he's able to stay on the field because his slight stature does make you think twice. Um, I drew the third pick. In this mock draft. And I kept with the quarterbacks. I, w- I went with the Big Ten guy. The, the other quarterback. By most people's estimation. And that's CJ Stroud from Ohio State. If you watched him in the bowl game on Saturday. Uh, you, you probably came away pretty impressed. He's Man he's such a good player Ryan. And I think he belongs in the conversation. As maybe a 1-1-A. Mm-hmm. With Bryce Young. Yeah. I think there's a chance that. He could even overtake Young. To be that top option. At the that position um especially if he plays well in the national championship game which um which people are excited about. So what are, what's your thoughts here on CJ Strong? Uh yeah,
0: well I am I agree with you. I don't I don't think he's going to make that national championship game, by the way. Oh yeah, jeez, uh, did I miss <laughs> speak there? Sorry. Sorry. Just just salt in the <laughs> wound. Salt in the wound. Yeah, our, no doubt. For our Buckeye friends, but um He did certainly play well in in the playoff game. And some of those questions that we have about Price Young, Stroud doesn't have to worry about. You know, a little bit bigger, a little bit uh, more of that prototypical size. And one thing that we've – this has kind of been the conversation about Justin Fields this year is that – we didn't know he could run, you know. We didn't know he could be this dynamic of a runner, this much of a playmaker, because we never saw it at Ohio State. And and it's it's fairly well known that they don't want their quarterbacks running, uh, but they let they let C.J. Stroud loose in that in, in that playoff game uh, because they had to, you know, they had to they had to uh, do whatever they could. And some of those receivers were going down. I think that game helped his stock so much. Uh, at least from a dynasty standpoint if not from an NFL draft standpoint as well um, and seeing these running quarterbacks this year succeed I think NFL teams are going to chase that so i'm I'm totally in agreement with you that I could see Stroud uh, potentially even overtaking Bryce Young as the top quarterback at both in dynasty and in the NFL draft.
1: Well, and part of that is is the that size. He he offers more of what you what you want to see at the position. He's he's over six foot. He's over two hundred pounds. He seems like that more traditional uh, signal caller behind center, and he throws it like that. He he throws the best slant in this class by a long ways, and he showed that in that game. Great ball placement on the deep ball as well, and you know I just really think that his quick release and. Um, that accuracy in the short to intermediate area, that's gonna shine through throughout this draft process. He's gonna he's gonna stay right up there at the top in on everybody's draft board. And if he gets the right landing spot, he would be the guy that that could jump all the way up there and, and challenge Bijan, potentially even in super flex leagues, in my opinion. The fourth pick, Ryan, that's one of your guys. The running back from Alabama, Jameer Gibbs, went fourth in this mock draft. And uh I think there there's probably questions there's probably people out there that would say wait a minute what about this guy or what about this guy four seems to be a spot where we're going to have some conversations throughout the offseason but at this point it feels to me that Gibbs belong here
0: yeah I think he does as well um and actually even though I like some of these wide receivers and you see some quarterbacks with uh with upside potentially I think Gibbs is the pick right now just like his uh, Alabama teammate. The the only real questions about him are his size. Uh, what's, what's he going to weigh in at, at the, at the combine? Will that, will that number be good enough for, uh, for those, those dynasty players that really track and follow those numbers closely? Uh, or are we just going to kind of rely on what we've seen on the field that this guy can catch the ball, uh, Probably, I, I would think he's going to be viewed as the best pass catching back in the class, um, and and can be a weapon in that way in the NFL as well. So, you know, draft capital is going to decide a lot, as it will with most of these guys. But um, does he, be, you know, does he sneak into the late first round, or does he fall all the way to the late second or even early third? Uh, I think there's there's a lot of wiggle room on Jameer Gibbs right now.
1: Yeah, there there's wiggle room, but if you watch him play yeah. and watch him play a lot, it's hard to find negatives. Right. It's hard to find things where that you can point to and say, that's the thing that's going to hold him back. It's not size. It's not his ability to catch the ball. It's not his, his ability even between the tackles. Maybe you can say he's an up-route runner, and that leaves him vulnerable to taking some big hits. We've seen that happen a few times throughout the last year. Uh, since he got to Alabama and and really, really uh, carved out his own role. But you mentioned it. He's a pass catcher and a very good one at that. He, he, on the perimeter, on zone runs, he's, he's up there as one of the best running backs we've seen come out of, come out of that school. So, you know, Alabama keeps pumping out these running backs, but when it comes to vision and finding that cutback lane, Gibbs looks as good or better than any of these guys that have come out. So, I I would have a hard time seeing him get it out of the top forty or forty five picks. Yeah. That's that's about halfway through that first round. And if he gets that kind of draft capital, Ryan, he's gonna he's gonna be cemented into the top five picks in superflex rookie drafts, and probably the second pick overall in uh, in non superflex superflex single quarterback leagues.
0: Yeah, I think the other thing he has going for for him from a value standpoint when when we look at this as a as a draft. I think there's a huge gap between Gibbs and the RB three, uh, and we'll get yeah. to, we'll get to who that who that is in this mock, and um, you know there, there's certainly some debate about who will end up as the as the RB three in the class. But for me, there's a larger gap from Gibbs to RB three than there is from Bijan to Gibbs, and uh, I, I think that that value gap will keep him locked into, uh, as you said, to being a very early pick.
1: Dynasty managers, think back to when you let Alvin Kamara slide to the late first round or, heaven forbid, maybe even to the second round of a rookie draft a few years ago. This guy is Alvin Kamara. He's that kind of playmaker, and he's the kind of guy that an NFL coach will try to get into space just like Kamara has been over his five or six years in the league. Uh, he's, not getting, he's not sliding to the second half of the first round. Let's. Uh, when I said that maybe there'd be people saying, wait a minute, what about my guy at the fourth pick overall, he'd probably have to transfer to another position, and that's probably the number one wide receiver in the class. Most people, I guess there's a debate to, to who's going to be that guy right now, but in this draft, it was Jackson Smith Njigba from Ohio State, Ryan. Our guy Matt Price took him at five overall. Your thoughts on this guy here at 105
0: well I, I love Smith and Jigba um, you know you think back to uh, that rookie class from a year ago when we had the two Ohio State kids coming out and there was a lot of talk about uh, about Smith and Jigba and uh, how he might be actually the the best uh, prospect of the three and and um, we saw you know we saw them succeed this year and then we saw Smith and Jigba deal with some injuries missed a lot of time Uh, and, and, you know, kind of brought some, uh, some criticism on himself. So I think for me entering the the season, he was the pretty clear wide receiver one. And I think now you can look at one of four guys and, and really have a, have a, a debate between those players as to who's, who's the wide receiver one or how we should rank these, these players. And again, draft capital, will tell us a lot about that. and We should note also that uh, when we held this mock draft, LSU receiver Keyshawn Butte was, uh, ha- had made an announcement that he was staying in school. He has since uh, changed his mind, luckily for us. Uh, he's going to be part of this class, but we did not draft him. I think he's in that group of, of four strong receivers, and uh, the, the depth at the top of that receiver class is another thing that pushes a guy like uh like jameer gibbs uh higher you know if you know you can maybe wait and get a wide receiver later in the first you know if you're talking about a a situation where you have multiple picks uh you i think that that pushes gibbs up
1: and smith and jigba if i think it's going to come down to how he how he sizes up at the combine Mm -hmm. i think he he I read somewhere that he was listed always at six foot or six one and two hundred and five pounds or whatever it was. But he's a slight guy. He he's not one of these big receivers that that's going to go up and get it. He's all about speed. He's all about route running, and he has that ability to create separation, especially underneath short to intermediate pass routes. But if he comes in at 5'10 and 185 pounds, people are going to start questioning if he can translate to the next level. Yeah. So it's not about what, what he does on the field. He's proven himself in that light. Uh, it's all about whether he has the size and the ability to hold up to an NFL workload. Uh, I love this receiver, and, and I really do think it's a shame that he's he's going to fall into the, the middle part of the first round in a lot of drafts, and that is a bargain, Ryan. Uh, let's move on to the sixth pick. that was Anthony Richardson, the quarterback from Florida. this this pick was made by Felix Sharp. Um, you know I, I didn't know a lot about Anthony Richardson honestly before this pick was made and, and when Felix made the choice, I decided I gotta dig dig a little bit deeper obviously if these guys are saying he's a he, he should be right up there with these receivers that we're about to talk about and Smith and jigba, uh, I need to know more about him. I came away thinking I'm I'm not 100% convinced he should have been the 6th pick. What are your thoughts?
0: I think I think Richardson is going to end up being in dynasty circles probably the most hotly debated player in this class or at least the uh, of the group that uh, we look at as potential first round dynasty uh, rookie picks uh, because you know it goes both ways. I've I've seen dynasty players and and analysts call him the uh, rookie QB one, even ahead of young and, and Stroud, which, you know, I, I think is kind of crazy personally. Uh, but he, he kind of has, you know, he has that upside or at least the uh, the allure of upside that makes us think that he could be the next Cam Newton type player. He's that big bodied guy uh, that can still run that has a cannon for an arm. He, he came out in the, the first game of the season and People were ready to give him the Heisman after a dominant game, uh, for, for the Florida Gators. And honestly, it all kind of fell apart after that. Um, he, I mean, he, he had he still had some, uh, some moments there, uh, throughout the season that, that were impressive and that caught your attention, but I didn't see enough to value him this highly, even with that, uh, uh, you know, that running ability and that playmaking ability, I, I just feel much safer with uh, certainly with Young and Stroud and even with uh, at least one other quarterback that we'll talk about.
1: Yeah, we're going to dig into the, the quarterback, uh, maybe the draft board a little bit deeper here coming up. But and I've heard the Justin Field stuff and the Cam Newton stuff. And I get that because he's a bruiser, right? He is he's going to lower his shoulder and make somebody hurt and him against the defensive back. That's unfair, really. But he just doesn't have the skills in the pocket to read the defense, deliver the ball on time and quickly, and then the accuracy is a big problem. Plus, his deep ball is brutal. Mm. He, he, Everyone is driven. He tries to hit a line drive right to the receiver. He has absolutely no touch, and it drives me crazy when we see guys that do this. He, Malik Willis was the same yeah. way, and I'm, I'm not about to suggest that he's going to fall all the way into the third round like Malik Willis did last year. Clearly, he has the skills, but there there are similarities between these two guys, and he's going to have to show that he's much more refined than Willis in order to to land in the top six picks in Superflex rookie drafts. Let's try to get through the second half of this thing quickly, Ryan. The next uh, couple picks are wide receivers. 107, Jordan Addison, the wide receiver out of USC, and 108, Quentin Johnston. The uh, wide receiver out of TCU, who I got to say, I love every time I watch.
0: Yeah, both of these guys certainly helped their draft stock this season. Uh, Johnston with the uh, really just the coming out season for TCU, and, and we'll see that continue in the national title game. Uh, Addison, of course, transfers to USC from Pitt uh, and really kind of pushes himself uh, into the uh, the spotlight even though I believe he was the Belitnikov Award winner as a uh, as a sophomore at Pitt, still was kind of going a little bit under the radar, big picture in in, in the uh, in college football and in dynasty leagues, uh, but not anymore. I, I, these are the other two players: Johnston, Addison, Smith, and Jigba, along with Butte. It, it's going to be fun, uh, a fun exercise to really. Uh, figure out how we're going to rank and value those four players. But as you said with Smith and Jigba, you know, one or two of these guys are going to be mid to even late first rounders. And I think that's, that's a huge value. And that's one of the reasons we've been chasing these 2023 picks for the past couple of years. If you liked
1: Drake London last year, you're going to love Quentin Johnson. Another guy that's, that's big six four. Two hundred and twenty pounds, and he can run he he can get open uh, maybe unlike Drake London he has a little bit more of that burst ability to get down the down the field and make those big plays not just that jump ball guy in the uh, in the end zone in the red zone um he, he a, a lot like london he doesn't create a lot of separation though at the top of his routes he uses body positioning physicality and the ability to go get it to 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 come down with the football but he always does and quentin johnson's going to be a big time playmaker in the nfl let's mo- keep moving forward we hit another quarterback at the 109 it's it's one of your guys ryan so why don't you kick this one off
0: yeah will levis uh, quarterback from kentucky is the ninth pick uh, scott connor a fellow uh, dlf writer and fellow uk wildcat fan grabbed uh levis here uh, another guy that's going to be uh going to be one that a lot of people disagree on uh Because, you know, had a a tough season this year at UK, had some injuries, missed some games. The production was rough, way too many interceptions. I think what we really want to focus on is his previous season at Kentucky, if you want to see his upside, Uh, because not only did he have uh, Wandell Robinson to throw the ball to, but he was being coached by Liam, uh, Liam Cohen, who went on to be the offensive coordinator for the Rams, Um, so I, I think that was kind of the best case for Will Levis, what we saw in the 2021 season. Uh, you know, this is, this is a guy who's being projected as high as the top five pick in the NFL draft. And while that feels high, even for me as a, as a UK fan and as a Levis fan, if he gets that, that draft capital as the top five, top 10 pick in the NFL draft, he's going to be a first rounder, uh, here in these formats.
1: Yeah, he he's the guy I would have third, and I know there's some raw things yeah. about his game, and there's some reasons to maybe think twice. He's also an older prospect, I, I yes. believe. He, he's not he's not one of these guys that are 21, 22, even 23 years old. I think he's 24, and but Correct. he shows just enough of that athleticism, Ryan, to move around and, and make plays with his feet but always looks down the down the field and he's one of them bigger prospects again he's he's 6-4 um, stands tall in the pocket high delivery and uh, has some of that accuracy that we get so excited about so uh i really like levis as the third guy i'm i'm not 100% convinced that he belongs in the top 10 in the NFL draft i am convinced he is going to belong in the top in the first round of rookie drafts, however, because um, he he's a raw prospect with a lot of upside. Uh, let's get to our next pick at 10 overall in this draft. Ryan, who do we have here?
0: Yeah, Zach, Zach Evans, running back from Mississippi, uh, transferred from TCU. Bad bad timing for him. He leaves TCU and they go to the uh, national title game. Um, Evans had a lot of competition in that Ole Miss backfield with uh, the freshman uh, Judkins there, and I, I think I think we have to view this past season as kind of a disappointment for Zach Evans. Uh, to me, was was viewed as kind of the default. RB three in the class behind uh, Bijan Robinson and and Gibbs that we already spoke about. And I'm not sure he is anymore. In fact, I think he's got a lot of competition from the next guy we'll talk about as well as potentially some others. So um, again, lots of time before we, uh, we get to the NFL draft and the dynasty rookie drafts, but it feels like Zach Evans is kind of a player in limbo that uh, might be losing value at this point.
1: Yeah, and really could be dropping farther than, than many are even suggesting at this point. He's, he's a guy that is going to need a good offseason, really, to, to hold on to this value as a first-rounder in Superflex. And I hate to say it, there is a path to him maybe not even be a first, being a first-rounder in single-quarterback Dynasty Leagues uh, if things don't go his way, because there are awesome. some questions he needs to answer. How about Sean Tucker, the guy you met, you were talking about there, the running back out of Syracuse? He went 11th overall, and and we certainly have some upside here with Tucker.
0: Yeah, for sure. Tons of production for that Syracuse offense was really uh, in in many of those uh, those Orange games was was the entire offense for Syracuse, and he's he's kind of the complete opposite of Evans in that he has really helped us his, his stock this past year. And to me, he's he's the guy that we should be looking at as the RB three in this class. But again, a a conversation, a debate and a big gap between uh, Gibbs and, and Tucker Evans or whoever else you would consider there.
1: Yeah, I really like Tucker and think that he could do, go a long ways to move up draft boards for dynasty managers this offseason. If he posts the, the 40 time that there there are whispers about that maybe he, he could do, um, that'd be real good for, for where he not only where he gets drafted in dynasty, but also potentially in the NFL draft as as maybe even a second-round pick and, and maybe a high second-round pick potentially even. Uh, the last pick in our first round of this mock with the campus to Canton guys uh that was Michael Mayer. We were doing tight end premium here, Ryan. I was wondering, did you have Michael Mayer in your top twelve in your mock
0: well, uh since I had the one o one and took Bijan, I also had the two o one and I was even though it was just a mock. I was really hoping Michael Mayer would somehow fall to me with that two point oh one pick uh Alfred Fernandez wisely scooped him up there at twelve i I think uh he could have gone two or three picks higher potentially uh that's that's kind of more where i would have him in that tight end premium format uh we we like this tight end class there's um i know you've got a kind of a sleeper that that you're uh liking already we'll we'll get to that in the coming weeks for sure i think the tight end class is better than better than expected probably but mayor to me is the the cream of the crop and a pretty big gap for him you know a well-established player came in as a as a five-star kid number one tight end in his in his recruiting class and I mean I don't know what it is about Notre Dame and and these tight ends but they continue to just churn them out I think he's one of the safest players in this draft class
1: one of the safest and one of the best right (laughs) and one of the guys that if you're thinking about just football players Michael Mayer is such a good football players and he's not He's not one of those guys that are going to line up in the slot all the time and t- take the top off the defenses. He's an inline guy, and he's known for his blocking as well. And Notre Dame really churns these kind of guys out, traditional inline tight ends with great ball skills, and that's Micah Mayer through and through. He's going to make contested catches. He's going to be a threat in the red zone and in the end zone, and uh, he's going he's gonna to score a lot of touchdowns in the NFL. I can't wait to see what his draft capital brings. Uh, cause he has, he really does have a very high upside. Uh, and that, that brings us to the end of round one. I wish we could get through round two. We don't have time to do that though. Ryan, that was like we said, just dipping our toe into the class. We got a lot more coming on this stuff. Can't wait for Matt to get back so he can throw his two cents in on this stuff as well. But, uh, we should move on so we can get this in. Dynasty drum beats. Yeah, when we were talking about Derek Carr and the falling fallout really that he had with the Raiders, that got us thinking a little bit about this this offseason and the quarterback carousel that's gonna happen, Ryan. And and Carr is really just the first of many shoes to drop this offseason. We expect him to move on, but there are a handful of other free agents or, or players scheduled to become free agents that are probably changing teams. And we're going to see a lot of new starters in new spots next season.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I I think this is, uh, you know, it's just going to make for, for a fun and exciting offense. We saw or off season, I should say, we saw a lot of uh, quarterback movement last off season. We saw a lot of player movement in general trades and, and some big free agent moves that just made it such an, such an enjoyable off season for, for fantasy players, for dynasty players. And you look at the quarterback landscape right now, to me, we have, we have only 12 teams, uh, essentially a third of the league that we can say with, with confidence that we know their 2023 starter. Uh, I think there's, there's another dozen that are uh, pretty safe, or at least have, have kind of a path to a, uh, to To a starter, and then there's eight teams we just have no idea about. And after the moves that they that they've made this past week, the what we led the show with, the Raiders are on that list. A- eight teams that are just wide open. Maybe it's Bryce Young or Will Levis or CJ Stroud, or maybe it's one of these uh, free agents. And and while there's a lot of free agents, uh, they're they're not really very exciting. You don't you don't look at those guys and think that they're going to turn your franchise around. Yeah, maybe with the exception
1: of a couple, right? Because there, there's the potential. Lamar Jackson is scheduled to be a free agent. We saw the news that that they're reopening negotiations. He's going to try to land back with Baltimore. He says all the right things. So does the team. Uh, then there's Tom Brady, who's scheduled to be a free agent. Yeah. After that, we get into those fringe-type starters, Ryan. Guys like Jimmy Garoppolo and Daniel Jones, even Geno Smith. Though These guys have proven that they can be starting quarterbacks. we got to try to dot the I's and and cross the T's on all this. And, you know, really, if you count those three or four rookie quarterbacks that we're expecting to potentially step into starting roles right away, and you add Garoppolo and Jones and Geno Smith to the list, that's going to cover most of the openings. But there's a couple left over. So what are we going to do with those guys? Who's going to fill these other spots?
0: Well, that that's the million dollar question, or, or in multi million dollar question, in a lot of these players' uh, cases. But I mean, you look at you look at guys like Jacoby Brissett. I think the combination of his play on the field this year for Cleveland, and uh, again, just the number of teams that need a quarterback, he's probably earned a starting job in the league. Uh, I think one of these teams will will look at him and, and give him that job. Uh, I mean, Garoppolo certainly is is in that same situation, and and then it's just a matter of how far down that line do we need to go does it Does it include Baker Mayfield and Sam Darnold and and Gardner Minshew? All of those are slated to be unrestricted free agents as well.
1: Yeah, and then there's even names beyond that, right you got to You got to talk about Mike White, who's making plays on a weekly basis, although he wasn't quite as good this past week, and you know. Going back to some of the original names that we talked about, the the Daniel Joneses, the Jimmy Garoppolo's, Geno Smith, those are all starting quarterbacks. And while we don't rely on them in dynasty, um, there's always the potential for for somebody to have the breakout season like Geno Smith did, right? And we all expect Geno to be back. And maybe he's this year's Geno Smith again next year. But if if there was a name on this list that maybe you don't expect to be a contributor in a super flex league, that that could either change teams or maybe get get bumped up to that number one spot on his team. If if there's a quarterback like that that Dynasty managers should be thinking about right now, Ryan, that could make the jump like Geno Smith did, is there a name you could give these guys that are that are listening?
0: Well, I mean you think about you think about Geno Smith and he's a former uh What first round pick, second round pick? He was he was an early early
1: second, yeah,
0: Uh, early second rounder, and so he had that draft capital. He was certainly viewed as as the future starter for the for the Jets when they drafted him, and it it just you know didn't go his way early on, and it took almost ten years to really turn into something. So I don't I don't think that there's going to be one of those cases every year, certainly. But, again, if we're chasing draft capital, it's got to be Baker Mayfield or, or Sam Darnold. But I think we've seen both of those players fail enough that dynasty players and, and maybe even NFL teams are not going to trust them. Uh, even after a, a disappointing game this week, Gardner Minshew, I think, might be my guy when I look at this this list. Uh, again, he's an unrestricted free agent, been a, a solid backup for the Eagles you would think he would be looking for that starting job. And again, there's going to be so many teams that need a starter. I think he will get some interest on the, on the market.
1: Yeah. And most likely, of course, gino has been there in Seattle for a couple of years now. Um, he's learned that system. Most likely it's going to be a player, probably a young player that's been in the system for a couple of years that, you know, we're going to look at Mac Jones and we're going to look at, Kenny Pickett, potentially uh, these type of young quarterbacks to make a step forward, maybe challenge for that top 15, 16 spot among quarterbacks. Uh, it's, it's really unlikely for it to be one of those veterans that, cha- especially that changes teams. Um, we see so many of these guys, the Matt Ryans, the Carson Wentzes, the, all those kind of players that change teams and it just falls apart. That's the most likely path for, for these kind of veterans. Um, the rest of the quarterback conversation, Ryan. Is you know we're we're getting into off season mode. In fact, we're we're square in off season mode at this point. You either won or lost your title, or you uh, have been building already for a week or two. At this point, when it comes down to quarterbacks, is there any general philosophy that you can give us some advice on what we're what we're thinking about doing at this point in the year? Uh, of course, we're always looking to upgrade the positions.
0: Yeah, typically. And again, we're, we're obviously focused on super flex leagues when we have these quarterback conversations. For me, it's it's normally a volume play. Uh, just I, I want to grab, you know, if waivers are open, I want to grab as many of those players as I can, uh, because we do expect some of these some of these guys to gain value if they uh, land in the right spot or if they're given a, a surprisingly big contract. Uh, and, you know, even flipping them for a second round rookie pick would, would be a win in many cases. Um, yeah, that's, that's probably where I would start is just amassing as much volume as I can. Uh, I'm not afraid to have seven or eight quarterbacks on, on my dynasty roster this time of, of year.
1: Okay. Yeah. And then we have, you know, you, we, you mentioned all the, the spots, the, the quarterback open, the vacancies really. There's, there's the odd ones, the Arizonas, that they're dealing with the Kyler Murray injury. There's the quarterback, or excuse me, the coaching changes that are coming just a week from now. We're going to see all these coaches fired, new guys come in, and, and we're going to get excited about the potential for landing spots. So I guess my advice would be to follow all that news as closely as you possibly can and try to react, not overreact, to all of it. Uh, because there will be a, there will be people out there that make mistakes. There'll be there'll be dynasty managers that that try to make a slick move and go and and drop the Jacoby Brissett. And like Ryan said, there's a chance he could be that that bridge quarterback for somebody else next year, just like he has so many times in the past. I think we I think we covered the gamut here. We tried to. Touch on the incoming rookie class. We certainly hit on that Raiders team and, and what's happening out there in Vegas. We had our quarterback conversation and and an excellent uh stash of the week this week in Jawan Johnson. So while we while we had to do do it without our guy Price, I think we made it through, Ryan. You gonna you miss Price? You, we gonna invite him back next week? Uh,
0: we'll invite him back
1: all right we'll see uh, how that turns out for ryan i'm dan thanks for listening to this episode of the dlf dynasty podcast we'll catch you again next week thank you for listening to the dlf dynasty podcast please remember to rate and review and subscribe wherever you get your podcast